previously on my best friend's journal. Oh. Flirted and smoked at his place in Astoria. And then? Three-way with him. Yeah! Oral only. Uber back to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Inviting me to a family reunion. Is this dad's um, side? It is dad's side, which is also a lot of the Trump side. Are you going to um, go? I don't know yet. I'm feeling very anxious about an upcoming trip back home to Indiana, where I grew up. Um, more anxious than I typically would this time around for whatever reason it just feels like it's a little bit heavy on top of me japan on tuesday oh yeah oh because michaela's in japan really yeah i'm about to go to japan oh and you're going that soon yeah in other news i'm still wearing the what could be considered death shorts in texas daisy dukes (laughs) i uh... are short cutoffs like let's see them creamy hamstrings baby and when we were done and by done, I mean like wrung out like sponges listening there. I was like, what time is it? And we looked over and it, we, it had been like three hours that had you passed. You fucked for three hours? And Toxic had been on repeat for like three hours. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest Hello, Cameron. Hello, Michael. See, well, British, aren't we then? <laughs> All right, isn't it? <laughs> and we've offended, I, I bet, I bet, like, I don't know, at least 20 people just deleted this episode. <laughs> just deleted it. Hi, Mike. Hey, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to my best friend's journal. Indeed. Welcome to my best friend's journal. Ah, uh, what a week it's been. How are you? Uh, Fine. I'm not, like, spectacular, but I'm doing okay. How about you? You had a very big week. Yeah, I did. Um, We should acknowledge that the world is on fire. Oh, Um, literally. I mean, literally. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's been, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, I really hope there's a little bit more containment out in the West Coast. But um, it is just full apocalypse out there currently and um my heart goes out to everyone um on the west coast remember the climate change is real and always to vote to vote like uh the world depends on it because it does and then to um pardon the expression hold our elected leaders feet to the fire once they are elected Uh uh-huh i will pardon that expression just because it seems very appropriate um so but my personal life has been um good this week it was my birthday it was happy birthday thank you thank you for all the mbfj uh stories about my birthday i really appreciated that it was uh it was truly delightful to wake up i didn't do that everyone cam did that himself (laughs) and this is how dare you awkward (laughs) it'd be a great guys though wouldn't it it would. I picked out some truly unfortunate photos of myself to feature, if that's the case. <laughs> and there would have you been dick. more shirtless ones if it was yourself, TBH. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would have been would have been like pubes on pubes if it was just me. <laughs> oh, um, uh, <laughs> so hairy that your pubes grow pubes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'm known for. Um, but yeah, the, the birthday was good. I'm now... Uh, Older. 
I'm now as old as Peter, and so I can no longer call him old. I have four beautiful months every year where I can give him a really hard time about being older than me, and that's gone now. So what is there to live for, really? <laughs> um, I had a really nice birthday. I got to see some of my favorite people, um, and then I went and visited uh, – Peter and I went and visited my family, my parents, and my sister and brother-in-law and kids who oh we God. never see. Um, and as we've remarked about before, I don't have to belabor the point. It, I w- had some real anxiety going into it. It was actually pretty awesome. Uh, we oh had my a God. we had a really nice time. I mean, awesome. Maybe awesome is an overstatement. It, hey, it was awesome for yeah. That's great. It was awesome for me because I it, nothing like everyone got away unscathed. There was nothing super uncomfortable. There was uh, everyone was in a really good mood, a nice place. We had a good dinner. We went outside and played like lawn games because my parents have this big yard. Um, my uh, got we got to play with our nieces and nephew. Um, we brought the dog and he was a hit. So it was just <laughs> all a, a really lovely evening. And um, I I'm glad we went. By a hit, do you mean you used him as a pinata and he was hit? He he was the yard game. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no um, terrible terrible y- joke. Where are the writers? <laughs> It's literally your job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me ask. We did, you know, talk at length about the anxiety that comes with visiting your family for so many reasons and your upbringing and the religion and and all that that we don't need to dive back into. But like, Mm -hmm. how did you feel seeing them in, in real life as opposed to the situations you had imagined in your head? Um, it was, I mean, there were a couple moments where I felt myself get very anxious and that was no one's fault. Uh, it was there. I think there were a few moments where topics got a little close to uh, politics, which is a huge trigger for me is talking it's to my parents about politics. Very hard not to talk about what is happening in the world because it's, it's well, just so much. Yeah. And it's true. But we I mean, we were talking about the pandemic and, and things like that. And there were a few moments where I had to push back gently. It was it, there was no outright like misinformation or like saying Mm. like politicizing it too much it was like maybe just my like my dad was like downplaying it a little bit like saying pretty much like oh well you know as long as you're not sick or old i'm like i understand what you're saying but we still pose a huge risk to at-risk populations and that is Mm -hmm. the biggest deal right now so we need to be we need to still take this very seriously it's pretty much what i said and he agreed oh okay yeah we we just got into kind of slightly dangerous territory (laughs) and i was like shut it down no 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 (laughs) (laughs) just Um, get through it so i just like kind of said my piece really fast and you know we moved on you just reminded me with you said it wasn't um based in misinformation is that what you said i was afraid that he was about to get into misinformation territory yes right that reminded me of the new netflix documentary the social dilemma i keep hearing about this it's it's very good it's important to watch i'm not going to talk about it right now because to be honest it's another gigantic existential threat that nobody that we just don't um have bandwidth for at the moment sure but just give me broad strokes sure in general it's talking about ai and the implications of um of social media manipulating human behavior Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said about it but specifically what i'm thinking about is you just said that you were able to in real life kind of navigate that pandemic conversation civilly and avoid misinformation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i am about to go to my family reunion which i did decide to go to and i'm actually very excited about it and this documentary helped me a little bit put in perspective that i haven't seen any of these folks on this side of the family since 2016 and that's really when or it's really when we started to notice um, just how effective AI has been in manipulation of human behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing yeah. that it's going to be, yeah, I've got anxieties about it, but I'm excited to see these people that I grew up with and that, you know, were formative to my uh, upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be 
important to bring it back to a human place and to remember what it's like to connect to individuals in real life and not have, you know, the giant artificial intelligent hand playing puppeteer. Yeah, I I mean, I, I haven't watched the documentary yet, but I will say that my um, something a, a very clear correlation that I've been finding in my life lately is, you know, the my just general anxiety and existential dread is so tied to days when I'm most on my phone. Mm -hmm. The days that I go to bed happiest with the calmest mind are the days that I've spent my, I've spent less time on the vices. And that is just a clear black and white correlation for me personally, where I, I have to, it's almost impossible for me to remind myself though, because by the time it's too late, I've already spent too much time on my phone and I'm in that place. Yes. Same for me. So not only is misinformation being encouraged and human behavior being manipulated, but we are being incentivized to stay on the phone. They've they've created a completely addictive ecosystem. So as soon as you're in it, oftentimes I get on there with an intention to go look at X, Y, and Z as far as like looking for, looking for inspiration Mm -hmm. for work. However, I don't remember the last time I got onto the platform and then was quickly taken away into something else completely, usually a political rabbit hole that I'm like suddenly sucked in looking at comments like some like masochistic voyeur, just looking at comments and looking at all these awful people saying awful things about things that I care about. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Did you say you don't remember the last time that happened? I don't remember the last time it didn't happen. Oh, I thought you said you don't remember the last time it happened. Like, you're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It happens ever. (laughs) You're doing great. Man, you've cracked the code. No, no. Um, I'm just as bad as everyone else on it. So um, anyway, my my goal is to stay off as much as possible. Um, But on that kind of same note, I was talking a couple episodes ago about ways to feel like I was doing anything you know and you were talking about phone banking and working at the polls and um mm-hmm. i hate being on the phone with strangers a lot of people do i think it's pretty common i found out today that you can also text bank you can do a training and you can be you can sign up to be a worker for text banks to to actually text people and engage young yeah. people and try to encourage them to get out the vote and all these kinds of things for the campaign yes happy to do that that's amazing yes listen there are so 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 many problems obviously most will not be fixed in our lifetime, which is unfortunate. They are literally existential, like the human existence is at stake. But like, what's the point of it all if we don't just try our best to to make it better? We are not going to fix everything, and that like we have to know that. But what is the point if we're not trying? You are speaking to my soul right now because I'm still listening to Michelle Obama's uh, audiobook. Like I said, I was going to do a couple episodes ago, um, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. There's something so truly inspiring and wonderful and normalizing about listening to this woman speak about her normal humble upbringing her ambition in 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 getting to like how she got to where she is i mean that's the whole point of the book it's a memoir but it is it's gorgeous to listen to but she became a big like high-flying corporate lawyer in chicago and realized that she hated being a lawyer and wanted to do good and she was inspired by her husband who was completely community-minded when they got together and he wanted like he every day his entire goal was like what can i do to make the world a better place and that inspired her to like change her entire trajectory and that's how they become like became the couple that they are today where they both were like completely like working she was working in city hall and then working in higher education and like trying to help underserved communities and anyway the that kind of ethos of just like living to make the world better um in in whatever way you can is um it's so simple to say it out loud, but it is so beautiful to shift your perspective as opposed to living to fix the world. Right. Because it's not on you to fix it. It's on all of us to together make it a better place. And I'm hopeful that I do think, I don't know why, but I think the majority of people 
feel that way. Even people who have very contrary opinions to me, I think with the amount of disinformation that is that has been swarming, who knows why anyone thinks the way they do, but I do think most people are where they are from a, a place of wanting to do good. I think if we can get back to that core, like that's a good thing. Most people do come from that place, even if it has you know, been manipulated um, for the worst. Maybe most people by like 51%. I don't know. I still feel like a lot of people are completely motivated by just general selfishness. Don't forget, and, fuck our uh, country. 51% here, but like the world is, <laughs> I, I think in the world more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Because uh, yeah, it, there is a human nature that I think is is pounded out of a lot of people that, that like a human nature that uh, wants to be helpful to others. Over time, people become jaded and more selfish and just live their lives for themselves um but yes you you're right i think there is something beautiful and natural about the ability or the 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 inclination to to be like more humanitarianly minded huh (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know but anyway it's going to be helpful for me to live in that mindset because otherwise why bother yes absolutely live in that place Um, speaking of making the world a better place uh do you have a gayest moment of the week (laughs) (laughs) oh i do and it's so good Okay, I actually have two. Oh, yay. But the the first one is truly gay. The second one was less so, but I'll I'll explain both. So the first one was the other night, like sometime last week after we recorded our last episode. I was um, on Instagram at night relaxing with a glass of wine, and I found there's an account that we both follow called Best of Grinder, which is one of my favorite, like, funny, like, gay meme accounts on, on Instagram. And they shared a meme that was based on a TikTok mashup that someone had created. The person that created it is um, at ADA music underscore on Instagram. And this is a mashup of two of the greatest songs of all time. WAP by Cardi B and Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) And it is so shockingly good and shockingly uh-huh. queer and somehow i you sent was, me this i was, I was shrieking into my glass of wine like shrieking <laughs> i was watching it again and again just like over here screaming peter had to tell me to shut up because he was working in the other room <laughs> but i was just fully queening out it really truly delighted me and if someone would make like would do the entire song as a mashup and release it as a single i think it would break the internet so that was me just truly fagging out as hard as i possibly could does that make you like um inexplicably horny because the because wap is like obviously about sex and Uh toxic you have um a history with uh, coming all I night do. long to toxic so does that <laughs> is it like um with the schroeder i think it was just i don't think i was coming all night long i think it was just one earth shattering orgasm after like a marathon sex session but oh, still god god bless um <laughs> <laughs> calm down sit down what's that thing Pav- uh, pavlov's cat uh, a pavlovian <laughs> pavlov's dog Dog's schrodinger's cat schrodinger <laughs> schroeder's cat but schrodinger's cat schroeder's friend charlie brown's cat snoopy absolutely yes Got it. It's a Pavlovian response. Okay, so number two? Um, My close runner-up for gayest moment of the week was, okay, so um, last week I helped my brother-in-law. He has a um, like a handyman service business, and he does a lot of house painting, and he had a big job. <laughs> I'm nervous with how you yeah. helped your brother be handy, brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> well, just put a pin in that. Um, so he had this big painting job and asked me if I could come help him, uh, for it. Cause I, he knew I had some time, uh, and I had been offering to help. So anyway, 
helped him on this painting job. We were painting this person's basement, um, not flooding their basement. Don't worry. Um, and we were, <laughs> we were just uh, painting some trim, and then the next day uh, we were edging. Um, and I uh, just st- <laughs> edging just means painting the edges of the room before you roll on paint. However, there's a sexual meaning for edging <laughs> as well. <laughs> Halfway through the day, I made this connection in my mind. And I started giggling out loud and he looked at me. He was like, what? And I was like, I just kind of shook my head. He's a long time MBFJ listener and he knows that giggle. He was like, no, no, what? <laughs> and I was like, are you familiar with the term edging? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm familiar with the term. Edging. And so Wait, sorry, would you tell the listeners what edging is just in case they're unfamiliar? I just pulled out Guide to Getting It On, my favorite book, and it's okay, there's no edging in here. Felching is in here, but edging is not Felching's inexplicably. In there? Have we talked about yeah. felching? <laughs> no. Well, while while we're here. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't want to read that. But it's, it's like so Target, gross. you know, you go for the bread, but you you pick up a <laughs> you end up with sheets. <laughs> here, I'm going to hold it up to the screen and you can read it cuz I don't want to say these words out loud. When a man sucks or licks his own ejaculate, <laughs> when a man sucks or licks his own ejaculate out of whichever of his partner's orifices, he shot it into. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna read that out loud, and that was not the point. So this trip to Target, we're gonna focus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So edging, according to Urban Dictionary, is getting seconds away from climax and stopping, waiting for a few more seconds and starting again. Do this a few more times and uh, and then you are meant to have an amazing long climax and you feel great. So your brother-in-law. So all afternoon, we kept making edging jokes. I would be like, where are you? He's like, I'm edging in the closet. <laughs> be like, oh, I'm so worn out from this afternoon of edging together. I bet it's fun to be able to be like a silly little child with you because uh, he doesn't I don't know. I feel a lot of people listen to this um, in the privacy of their own mind, and you don't necessarily express those same amusements uh-huh. out loud. So I, yeah. I think it was probably a nice excuse to be able to let out his inner child. We were being fully immature. We were like two like fourteen year old boys yes. just giggling about dirty shit together, and uh, he he was telling me that his uh, wife, my lovely sister in law, always gives him a hard time for being so dirty. She's like, "Why do you have to be so dirty all the time?" I was like, "Well, here is your opportunity because you know this podcast. You know how this brain works. Please bring it on." So uh, yeah, we. We uh, made edging jokes all afternoon, and then I got a text message. Uh, he has got another guy that helps him sometimes with his business. Uh, I'll call this guy Steve. He's like, just wanted to let you know, I, I got to edge with Steve today. <laughs> so also, just your brother's gay is what you're saying. <laughs> Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. And no, he's just uh, he just has a really great sense of humor. I love that dude. That's true. And what make, there's nothing gay about like edging with other dudes. Edging? No. Yeah. With I, other dudes, yes, is there, yes, there is I, I feel like a lot something of innately kids, gay like, about mutual masturbation. Is it? That's what youthful exploration is for—to find out if you really want to be doing this with other mm. dudes or not. But when you're a grown-ass so adult, you think you hit a certain age. Yeah, yeah. If you're a grown-ass adult, you're no longer going to jerk off with your buddies. I mean, well, this <laughs> should not be news. <laughs> so should I remove jerk off with Cam from the calendar for later? <laughs> I'm not your straight friend. It would be pretty gay if we did it together. Oh, but yeah, true. you should you should remove jerking off with kick from your calendar for later. Oh, Dios mio. Sorry, kick. Um, <laughs> to be clear, sorry about the conversation. Not sorry that I've got to remove our edging session. Um, Edge sesh. Do tell me what you've been doing to keep it gay. Okay, so I've got a couple of gayest moments as well. First gayest moment. I um, love that sometimes we really struggle to come up with one and sometimes we're like, God, this is a gay week. <laughs> Well, let me start by saying that I have been knee-deep in Golden Girls for weeks now. I've been writing kind of like a parody thing. <laughs> so aggressive. Knee-deep in Golden Girls. <laughs> been, been elbow-deep in Rue McClanahan all week. 
<laughs> she wouldn't mind. Um, unless she's dead, so... <laughs> nope nope no not (laughs) don't go any further down that road not a conversation i want to explore (laughs) so i've been like writing in the voice of these characters and i had to just when i went back through to edit i was reading out loud to myself alone in my apartment doing a full one-man show and playing all of the characters of the golden girls actually you facetimed me right in the middle of it and i was very annoyed because i was leading to the climax of act one um <laughs> I had to like fully you, were you doing special voices yes for all of them? I had to do the voices so I could like really feel it out they're all very distinct anyway that was like my first gayest moment but it, <laughs> a one man reading of a golden girls musical yeah it's pretty fucking gay <laughs> I feel like gay moments on your own don't feel as gay it's like it's when you're in public that it really is highlighted and mm-hmm. I was walking through the neighborhood the other day and I've got my hair in a high bun and a top knot is what they call it and um, i'm wearing my daisy dukes you've heard about the daisy dukes (laughs) your only pants and of course i have a mask on and someone is riding a bike behind me and he goes ma'am ma'am i was like (laughs) me (laughs) so i got ma'am for the first time since i was like a child um due to daisy dukes and high bun obviously he thought you were some kind of raging hippie though you have the hairiest legs yeah, although I feel like m- more and more women are letting the hair grow, and I love it. Um, well, that's true, but most women don't not have as hairy, yeah. that, that much, just pure volume. True. Um, anyway, yeah, he just wanted to know directions, and then I think when he saw my gigantic beard, he, he never corrected himself, but I, I think he understood that I don't identify as a woman. Okay. Um, I do think that that is even gayer than the Golden Girls, because uh, so I... I don't know. There's something very queer about being mistaken for a woman on the street. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. It happens on the phone a lot, but never in in real life. (laughs) Before we get into the journal, um, I have one more quick item of business to address with you. Okay. Months ago, you and I started watching Breaking Bad. Again. Well, just you, really. Well, we we watched the pilot together. Yes. And the opening credits feature all the different uh, names, but like pull, they pull out the letters from the periodic table. Uh-huh. And it reminded me of the Element Song by Tom Lair. Oh, shit. There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, <laughs> ruthenium, uranium. Um, you didn't know what that was, and so we watched it together, and I proposed a bet to you, and you said that I had to propose, or that I had to actually bet you this on the podcast. Uh, I, I believe or... I told you to lay the gauntlet down. Yes, yes, you told me I had to lay down the gauntlet in public, or else no bet. So here we are. I need you to, or I bet you that you can't learn the words to the element song by Tom Lair okay. verbatim with no mistakes. And if, no mistakes, fuck. If you do perform it live on this podcast with your eyes closed, so you're not reading anything. I think I offered you $200 and that, I mean, and if you don't, then I guess you don't get $200. I don't have any better <laughs> stakes than that, but uh, if I don't, then I've wasted s- a lot of my life trying. You love to talk about how good you are at learning lyrics and music really quickly, and that is easily the hardest song I could think of to learn. So if you can do that, it's worth 200 bucks to me. Uh, I will Venmo you in real time on this podcast. And if we can't find a karaoke track of that song, which, I mean, why would we? It was like 1940s in a black and white video. Um, I will force Peter to learn the piano. Oh, fun. Yeah, that one. Um, okay, do I okay. have do I have a time limit? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. I mean, take as long as you want. I'm going to forget about it as soon as this episode is out, but I just want to let you know that there's a, I have officially laid down the gauntlet. If you've never heard the element song, well, it is remarkable, hard and impressive. Okay. Um, 
It just like my dick. Oh boy. <laughs> Never mind. Got nothing else to say. Get into the journal. <laughs> Alrighty, we're back in the journal, and it is June 8th of 2015. Oh my goodness. Catch us up. Um, I was just hanging with friends, had a quick three-way with some beard burn, and now I'm getting ready to go to Japan. Oh, you sure did. Um, well, <laughs> here we go. We're on. Um, June 8th. What the fuck does this mean? Watch the pool get filled in with dad most of the morning. Oh, uh, we had a death trap of a pool in our backyard for many years, and uh, my mom and dad were on just a... Sit- it- it, literally an empty pool no it was um like it was a regular pool it was full we used it for probably well past when we should have when it was safe to do so um but like the liner was replaced a bunch of times and it kept like bubbling up the concrete shifted you shouldn't have pools in the northeast it's not like it's not a great idea oh. anyway well, tell that to everyone in the hamptons i know well that's true it's they're very expensive to upkeep anyway um okay it was part of some home renovation they were doing trying to make it you know, nice. They were filling it in, which is a gigantic task. And so I watched it happen and it was kind of crazy. They fill it with dirt or concrete or both? They, yeah, they like break up the concrete and then uh-huh. I don't know how they did it. Cause Let we didn't that fill the hole probably yeah. and then backfill with dirt. Yeah. Um, Someone someday is going to want to put in a pool and they're going to have to like pull up t- tons of concrete oh, yeah. when they start digging. They shouldn't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> they should Not a good idea. <laughs> you, you get like three months of use at best. Um, also, I was really disappointed because when I was very little, I think I've mentioned before, my parents bought me a magic wand for Christmas, like a really great one with a big star and glitter. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, my mom was the one who was like, we're getting him the damn wand. It's all he wants for Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Our sweet little gay son just wants to <laughs> flounce with a wand. I somehow dropped that wand into like the liner of the pool. Like I told you, it was decrepit, so it was there was uh, there was a <laughs> like a way for it to get under the stairs. Um, uh-huh. And that that was when I was like six, maybe. And this pool got filled in when I was twenty six. So twenty years later, I was thrilled to see the wand come out, but it was gone. It wasn't there. Oh, so I oh, you were. That's why you were watching yeah. to see if you could find the wand. And it didn't happen. <laughs> I thought for sure it was there. It must have like disintegrated. It was probably from like Walmart. Or it got like beat up into the concrete. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. All right. (laughs) I love that you remembered that too. Um, All right. So you finished packing and ran to Walmart for a new phone cord. You spelled cord like a a C-H-O-R-D, like a musical cord. I'm very musical. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and dad took me to Greyhound in a torrential downpour. Long bus ride next day to Smelly Hippie. Huh? Next to Smelly Hippie. Oh, sorry. I, I added day. Long ride next to Smelly Hippie. <laughs> yeah. Some like crusty white dude my age with like long gross hair and like just smelled like he hadn't showered in several weeks. Yep. Um, Snapchatting the three-way couple. <laughs> oh, the guys that I hooked up with last week? <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently on the Greyhound. Um, <laughs> Ew, wait. <laughs> that, there's no way I was doing it on the bus. <laughs> Maybe you were getting dick pics but not sending them. It's hard to open a dick pic on the bus next to a smelly hippie. <laughs> Whatever. That's true. Check out these dicks. Um, <laughs> you took the subway to Brooklyn, tried to order Indian food, but it was canceled. Better off, it was late. I doubt that. Uh, on June 9th, wow, this is a dense entry, a dentry. Um, <laughs> it's in. Okay, so you 
got an Uber for $14 to LaGuardia. You paid $20 off, or you got $20 off by using Uber Pool. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, that new technology. Financial journal. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, let's see here. Fight, or sorry, flight to, it just says T-O something. I'm assuming that's Tokyo. Probably. Slept until my head felt like it was going to explode from pressure. Uh-huh. That's only happened to me once before. When the planes stay at a pretty low altitude for an extended period of time, is when mm-hmm. my head feels like it's going to fucking explode. I remember the first time happened with uh, B on the way to our first gig, and he was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm dying. And then it happened actually very recently, last year on the way back to California from my mom's house. It is this pain like I cannot describe. I've looked it up. It's not dangerous. It's just like some people deal with it and some do not. It feels like I go blind. I can't breathe. I want to vomit. It is so atrocious and so intense. Is it all like, in your head? Yeah. Can't, I mean, not like psychological, but like yeah. in your physical head. It feels like my head is in a vice and someone is like tightening it. Can you pressurize? Huh? Have you ever gone deep enough in water that you had to uh, that you had to equalize the pressure in your head? No. Have you ever learned how to do that? No, scuba man. Tell me how. Um. So the, I always thought it was like I, I never thought I could do it until like two years ago when I learned how to scuba because I thought it was just like plugging your nose and blowing that always really hurt but what you do there are a few different points where air can um where air can leave your sinuses and one of them is through your ears so as you as you plug your nose and you gently blow like not hard just like slowly and gently you push against that until you feel the pressure equalize that's that's what you call a squeeze when that that pressure really hurts when you're scuba diving and if you don't equalize you can really hurt yourself or it's just excruciatingly painful so if it's the same thing then if you can learn how to equalize by plugging your nose gently pushing pressure into your sinuses until you feel the the air or the the pressure equalized through your sinuses it makes a huge amount of difference two things about that i uh-huh. uh, my cousin recommended some ear buds earplugs that have really helped me they have like a hole through the center and they're a corkscrew I forgot there's a brand okay. um we got them at cvs and i tried them a corkscrew oh like a, they like they, the corkscrew they're shape. like a, 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 screw a screw shape, shape. Yeah. okay um they were the first thing to really work i felt it coming on and i put them in and it like you can feel uh you can feel the air it does what you're describing for you you can feel the air slowly yeah, like so popping what, out i think what that is doing is that it's keeping your ear canals open enough for the air to ex- uh, for the air to escape um i guess so. i don't know this is what i would assume but yeah. i will also warn against unless you have been trained to do so careful with the blowing of the nose situation and you did say gentle a bunch of times but kick did that once and literally mm-hmm. not blew an eardrum blew his fucking eardrum out he, it was excruciating yeah. it's, it's pretty easy to do you know um awful it's crazy anyway. how that happens and also that sounds really bad on a plane i'm sorry that happened to you um it didn't take away your joy in this entry though because you said um that only happened to me once before so excited to get to japan all these exclamation points there's two um <laughs> you had a long flight to tokyo on plane doing journal on your phone right now <laughs> that you're doing your travel thing yeah. Where you take your journal notes in your phone and I, then you uh, transcribe it later. Yeah, you know how precious I am about the journal. There's no way I'm bringing that to Japan and then mm-hmm. I've got to keep an eye on it. If I lost it there, I'd never see it again. So when I do trips like that, catch up on the phone. Um, This says, no one in the middle seat but a child... Ha- uh, oh, no one in the middle seat but a child has been kicking my seat for eight hours. <laughs> that little fucking demon. <laughs> I remember... There is this- nothing worse. I go straight to the parents. I don't I don't fuck with people's kids. I ask them to make their kids stop. Yeah. Because it's unacceptable. Like you no, absolutely not. Awful. Ugh. Like hours of kicking. You know you can ask uh the you can ask the flight attendants to intervene as well. I know. I just like that kind of stuff, that 
social confrontation with a stranger is just difficult. It's anxiety inducing. Like you're, I That's wish, why you ask the flight attendant. I know, but then I just feel bad bothering them. Yeah, it is intimidating in theory for me, but as soon as I reach my boiling point, I mean, I will cuss at a child. I don't fucking care. Like it <laughs> makes me. I get. I just see red, and I'm like, uh, someone's going to deal with this because I can't anymore. I just wish, like. Um, I don't know, easier said than done, especially from someone with no kids, but it would be nice for a parent to see that this is happening and assume that the uh-huh. person it's happening to is not enjoying it. Like, don't wait yeah. to be corrected. No. Oh, that's awful. Well, anyway, you survived. Uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> what a non-problem uh, that is in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, you you poor thing. You get to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. It's not the most comfortable what? flight you've ever had. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your plane rides. Um... <laughs> Four more hours of flight to go. You read one third of Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban? What? Azkaban. How's that egg frying? <laughs> this is a really good joke. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> what else would you ask a pan? Uh, I wouldn't because it's not a thing. All right, go ahead. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, and. Yes, and. I would ask a pan. No, why shut up. So I don't need this. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, okay. You started 1,000 Splendid Sons. Don't know what that is. It's a book. You also watched Romy Michelle, which I really respect. Um, you started Duff, which was awful. And then... Oh, yeah. Something about Duff is like... Duh. What does it stand for? Dumb, ugly, fat friend? Fat friend? Yeah. Uh-huh. Atrocious. I think I watched about five minutes. I was like, cool. Bye. <laughs> and then before we leave this day, there's one edit, um, and it's a sad one. You wrote edit... Bina passed away. Bina's your puppy. Bina was my puppy. Um, we've talked. I think actually I mentioned her in like the first or second episode, very early on. She died as I was in the air, and I didn't know my parents didn't tell me until I got back from Japan because they didn't want to ruin my trip. And I didn't, yeah, that's honestly sweet of them to do that because it's not going to change anything. It's not like they're going to have a funeral you're going to miss. I don't think I was angry at them. It was just sad. But I did remember yeah, that to. Is really sad. I specifically remember saying goodbye to her. I think we've talked about this before, but I remember like yeah. leaving for leaving for the trip, but turning around to go say goodbye to Bina because she was an old lady. That's <laughs> so sweet. I'm so glad you got to do that. It's honestly a, a meaningful memory that you had a sweet goodbye with her before you left. Um, on June 10th, you said you're still on a flight to Tokyo. Cross the international date line, so it's technically the 10th. <laughs> <laughs> hands are clawing uh-huh that happens too if i Your undiagnosed autoimmune or joint disease of some sort the claw is so much worse on a long flight when my body is like cramped up for a bit it, it really shows in my wrists and hands i'm a mess i'm a fucking disaster my head's exploding my hands are cramped my like uh. <laughs> this kid won't stop kicking me <laughs> can i just tell you though I asked, I randomly was uh, drunk with one of my friends this weekend of my birthday, and he is a physician. And I was like, listen, I have a medical thing to ask you, but it's not about me. It's about a friend. He was like, sure it is. <laughs> sure. Tell me about your friend's problem. <laughs> I was like, listen, my friend's penis. It's very problematic. No. Um, I, I, and it's I was true. Like, no, no. I, oh, wait. Nothing. No. Go. What were you saying? <laughs> I was like, actually, though, it is my friend because he has this undiagnosed thing and he hasn't ever figured it out. And it really it weirds me out and kind of worries me. And I want I want to know what you would recommend. Um, And pretty much I explained it to him. And he said, I think a rheumatologist is a specialist he should start with. If that person gives him the brush off, then fuck that guy. Find someone else. Fuck that guy and also find someone else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just make yourself feel better. Get, you know, get your dick wet and then find find a new doctor. Um, He said, uh, you know. 
it's really hard to diagnose sometimes if uh, if it's not acting up at the moment. He said, so see a rheumatologist for sure. But in the meantime, take a picture every time it's happened I and do. note down. You do? I take pictures of like the lumps, but I should probably be like, uh-huh. this happened on a certain yes. day. I did these things or ate these uh, things or whatever. That He said, he said anything that you can think to, to note down specific about that day, time of day, what you've eaten, any activities you've done, that kind of thing. So you can at least, uh, even if you don't see a trend, you can start having that conversation with the doctor. So that was his advice as a physician. I appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, yeah, well, you know, you're always on my mind. Oh, am I always on your mind? So your hands were clawing on the plane. <laughs> Long airport to Osaka. Oh, long airport to Osaka train ride, but kick led the way. You had pizza, showered and mix amazing water room shower and passed out. <laughs> passed out in the shower? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, you ever been to one of those Japanese shower stalls? The whole bathroom uh, is the shower? Yes, yes, yes. I've been in showers like that before where it's just like a, a big tiled room. Yeah. But there's still a toilet and a sink in it. It just doesn't get hit by the water. No, toilet and sink on the outside. So it's fully just a beautiful shower room. It was oh, cool. S- That's like a spa. Yeah. Actually, there is a tub. I think if I remember this right, there is a tub, but like not under the shower head. Like you could go sit in mm. that if you wanted to. But like the shower is everywhere. Yeah. We uh, those are very popular in interior design right now, like within like a master suite where you would have a what they call a wet room. A lot of the time there's just glass and then inside the glass is shower and a big soaking tub. Um, and it's like a whole tiled yes. uh, room. And yeah. Well, this was fancy to me. No, it, it, they're very fancy. Also, a nightmare to keep clean. It's very popular in very high-end homes where you have people that will take care of that and make sure it's always nice. <laughs> that said, it's impressive that she had it in this little... This is the housing that the theme park she was working for provided. That's not generally... Yeah. I guess Japanese I standards are different. that's a very Japanese yeah. thing. Yeah. I, and maybe that's just like a, a way that... Uh, like a Maybe that's a common way that they have bathrooms there. I don't know. I've never showered in Japan. But you have been to Japan and you... I, I, I was, yeah, I had a, a long, like a 12 or 10 hour layover in Japan. So I went on a hike in Narita City and it Ew. was humid. I had to buy new clothes in the airport because I had sweated through all my travel clothes. Oh, but didn't shower. Uh, could have used a shower. No, I couldn't. I didn't have the opportunity. Opportunity. <laughs> I said that because I've been watching I May Destroy You and I love all the, all the like the South accents. London accents in that show. Yeah, that show. Whew. So Whew. good. So good. It's yeah. just finished it last night. Yeah, impressive is where is what I'll say about it. Uh, yeah, watch I May Destroy You on HBO. I can't really comment on it. I'm still uh, processing it. It's very good. The finale is like a little bit artier than I thought it was going to be. And oh, so yeah. I had to be like, oh, I need to focus in on this. But it was, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, Michaela Cole is a freaking stunning actress and writer. And it's just... Is this her first vehicle? No. Uh, you see Chewing Gum? No. Oh, my God. Chewing Gum is so <laughs> fucking funny. You would love it. <laughs> okay is it a show or a movie uh it's a show okay she's like a awkward virgin in a very conservative religious household and she just she's like so (laughs) so horny and it's so funny (laughs) that's amazing i love the premise already okay i'm into it okay back to the journal on june 11th you went to the Fushimi Inori Shrine in Kyoto. Oh, yeah. They just were like, hi, welcome to Japan. Okay, take a nap. And uh, we're going to go away for the weekend starting in two hours. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool, cool, cool. It's helpful, uh, actually, to keep you on keep you on a good schedule. We have uh, we have a friend, you and I, a, a mutual friend named Kyle, uh, who worked at Tokyo Disney for years. And I just remember, I don't know who this woman was, but he, one of his best friends got really drunk one night at a club met some friends and decided to join them on a ski trip (laughs) 
that they were leaving for that morning. She went from the club to the airport with them and then FaceTimed Kyle from the ski resort the next day. It was like hours away. She didn't have any winter clothes. She didn't have any ski gear. She just oh had she was in a, she was in a hotel like hours away that she had gotten drunkenly bought herself a plane ticket and ended up on a ski trip with a bunch of strangers. Honestly, amazing. I wish I had that story to tell. Yeah, thank God she ended up I mean, she was safe, but like also Also it was Japan and that kind of stuff is a lot Japanese people are more trustworthy because they're more concerned with community than self. Yep, that is very true. That's a, a lot of the Asian countries feel that way once you get used to the culture shock that it is you're like wow i feel very safe here and like much more so than walking down strange city streets in america um on okay sorry we're still on june 11th so you went to the shrine in kyoto staying at i don't know i think this is beautiful sakura terrace hotel ate curried rice walked through temples onsen and wine at the hotel out to geisha walk and thus begins my obsession with the onsen fucking loved it this is my first one like the first day and it is so pleasant they were so nice and i wish we did them in america well i'm never allowed in one so bye bye oh yeah sorry about that yeah it's okay i made that choice in traditional onsen you are not allowed to have tattoos it is a uh, big cultural taboo in traditional uh, japanese society i recently just learned about this because i know someone who has tattoos who went to an onsen but had to wear like a have we talked about this on the podcast? He had to wear like a rash guard shirt like you would if you were surfing. Um, and I was like, why can't he go in? Because he had posted about it online. And then I read about it. I was like, oh, shit. I would have to wear. I have to be very covered up in a place where you are traditionally very naked. Yeah, you actually are also not allowed in there with clothes. So I don't know how you do that. You'd have to like put like bandages on or something. They provided a rash guard for him. Oh, wow. Tattoos are very common now because there's like such a young like street culture in Japan. But um, in uh, in traditional Japanese culture, tattoos are very much tied to gangs and crime. Interesting that there's a, a Netflix explained about it, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. About onsens or about tattoos and onsens? Tattoos in general. And it does go into oh. Asian history of tattoos. Oh, cool. I need to watch that show. You um, love it. You reference yes, it all the there's time. There's like four series of it. There's the one on the mind, the one on sex, the a general one. There's a coronavirus one. It's like probably oh, cool. my favorite kind of TV. It's like a animated facts. <laughs> uh-huh. I love it. Just like almost documentary, but just more like just like educational and short. It's short, right? Like half an hour or something. Yeah. Uh, actually, a lot of them are like 18 minutes. They That's what I love. Oh, they cool. like, they're like, there's a lot of information. So we're going to make it clear and short. Digestible. Yeah. Um, June 12th is your second day in Kyoto. Went to Philosopher's Walk and, ooh, Jinkakuji Temple. Saw Silver Temple and beautiful Zen Gardens. Stopped at Modern Take on Traditional Japanese Tea Cafe. Great service. Tiny and beautiful. Had iced green tea. Tasted like matcha, which came with weird tasting hot green tea root. Also had mochi balls with red bean paste. Didn't love them, but glad to try. Back to mix while kick worked. Salad soup and orange is the new black episode. Episode. <laughs> episode. Just one episode. And Come then on, just one more episode. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my ability to speak today. I don't today. know, but that tickled um, me. That sounds like a really fun day. I, God, like wandering Asian streets, trying new things, even if you don't love them. That's the best kind of like being a tourist like a, you know if you're gonna do touristy things like being brave and trying things and experiencing them it's just wonderful well i was lucky to have people who were living there it's like to be a tourist mm-hmm. when someone is you know part of the community for the moment is very helpful yeah. as opposed to just kind of going and 
wandering and hoping you get to do cool things. Yeah. At some point, Peter uh, may have the opportunity to travel to South Korea for work uh, back, you know, once the world is, uh, once travel is a little bit more open again. Uh-huh. That's one of those work trips I would choose to go on with him because I really want to go there with him. I think it would be a really fun mix of exactly what you're saying. Like, you know seeing, it. You've, I, you lived there for a long time. Right. But like a decade ago, right? So yeah. I want to, I mean, the better part of a decade at least. So I want to go with him to, um, show him kind of the things that I love about the place, but also a big city like that changes so dramatically over 10 years. It would be like, com- like a completely new place, you oh, know, yeah, that'd as be really well. special. Like so much exploring to do. I feel like it's, I'm familiar enough with it that I'm not intimidated to get out there and explore, but also there's a whole, I mean, I barely scratched the surface on, you know, the world's third largest city over just one year. Like there's just so much to see and do. I, I just saw the do world's that third him. largest city. Third largest. Yep. Huh? What does the internet say about that? By population, it's the fourth largest. It used to be the third largest. Oh. Um, I'm now down this rabbit hole of um, all the different, like, huge cities in the world uh, that, you know, if you just go by, like, population within, like, the municipality. Like, there are cities that I just, like, Chongqing, I guess, China, C-H-O-N-G-Q-I-N-G. They have 30 million people in their city that's the top of the list it's above shanghai and i didn't i don't even know what that place is uh netflix explains or no maybe it's history (laughs) 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 there's another similar documentary Uh, about how these chinese cities blew up so quickly yeah they're they're i mean i'm looking at the list of the top 20 and there's more chinese flags here than anywhere else but that's no great surprise because they have the biggest population in the world any hoozlebees where are we in the journal (laughs) i don't know um, so on June 13th, you waited for Mick to finish work, then train to El Panches Mexican food. Yeah. Delicious, <laughs> but had weird things like pumpkin. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is eat Mexican food, Tex-Mex food specifically in Seoul yeah. because Asian takes on Mexican food. It gets weird, but it's delicious. Also, they put corn on all their pizza. Michaela loves corn on pizza. Maybe that's why I don't like corn on pizza. Anyway, um, that is exactly what her and her friends from work used to do. And I... I think I go to this Mexican place like three times. It was very good and very, very fun and weird. I loved it. And like good margaritas. It's Yeah, there's just a, well, the very next line says super strong margaritas. I want to make it clear that I'm not comparing Seoul and Tokyo directly because I know they're very different places. But uh, there are some similarities in, in big Asian cities that like you see a lot of familiar stuff because they're these huge metropolitan cities. But everything's just like a little off and not in a bad way, just in a very different way. <laughs> So there's like a weird genre of t-shirt that I noticed in Japan where they all have like the most nonsensical phrases on them, like like bad English translations. Oh my god, that's again that uh, Korea is famous for it. We call it Konglish. It's like a, a really <laughs> like like a strange Korean translation. For instance, the pig is full of many many cats. <laughs> Precise dwarf bravery. Make future so round. <laughs> There are, um, I, I think a lot of that is Google translation, like 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 uh, proverbs and things where they, they will try to do direct translation of, of Japanese phrases. It is, uh, it's really hilarious. Also in Korea, you get some that are like, you'll be in a like a grocery store and their grocery stores are all department stores. So they have clothing and you'll see stuff that has really foul English language on it. <laughs> You're like, oh no, <laughs> it'll be like fuck mothers. And it's just like in the kids section. <laughs> Uh, so you had super strong margaritas. You met Kick and got pizza on Dantonbori. 
So after you had Mexican food, you then immediately got pizza is how this is reading. Um, you walked through. Uh, I'm not even going to try any more Japanese words. Come on, try. Uh, you walked through. Uh, America Mora. Okay. Uh, you bought small purple sweatshirt and pink glasses, green tea, ice cream, and mm, don't know what that says. Uh, then you went to a place for darts and happy hour drink, tofu snacks, and slept at kicks. Wait, they had their own places? Mike just quietly wandered off camera. I thought maybe he had a poop emergency, but he came back with the small purple sweatshirt. <laughs> I still have it. Um, I'm glad that it's lasted. <laughs> to answer your... I'm a hoarder. To answer your question, they... Uh, we moved you across the country in a Chevy Volt. You are an anti-hoarder. You just hang on to things for a long time. You don't have a ton of them. That's true. Um, oh, was that a metaphor? <laughs> I can't dig into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they lived separately because... Uh, Michaela was working for a company that you couldn't have um, anyone else live in the apartment. He moved there after okay. her, like he found a job teaching English after the fact. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's just how it worked out. Was he allowed to stay at her place? Yes, but she had like limited guest time, so there was a lot of like shenanigans we had to pull to save those days. Wow, shenanigans is right. Um, you had pancakes at Kicks in the morning. You took pancakes in the morning, to... pancakes in the evening, pancakes at supper time. I'm sorry. <laughs> when pancakes are on a bagel, you can eat pancakes anytime. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> you took a train to Nara, immediately saw tons of wild deer. Oh, this is the place with all the wild deer that are everywhere. Yeah, they're actually kind of scary. Um, they're, they're just like, there's more deer than people. And I was like, they're going to eat me. <laughs> okay, super cute and a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, they're fearless. You also said, stepped in poop within five minutes. <laughs> instantly. Instantly. Impossible not so, to. What is up with all the fearless wild deer? Do they just get fed there? Are they like they do? I don't. Do they not hunt deer there? Are they sacred in some way? I have no idea, honestly. I just know that there's this gigantic deer population in this city, and so people come. And I'm sure at this point they've gotten used to being fed. Um, they like they'll eat Isn't right out of your hand. Also, where the suicide forest is? Huh? The Japanese suicide forest? No, I don't know this. There's a very famous forest where. Why are you um, ruining cute deer for me? I'm sorry. Maybe it's not there. It's probably not there. No, it's okay. Keep telling me. There was a YouTube star who got in a lot of trouble for going there and taking a selfie with a dead body. Oh, my uh, God. uh, Like, in recent years. It's the most awful, like, social media bullshit ever. But um, there is a suicide forest uh, where people... Where it's very common for people to go to commit suicide and they will hang themselves from trees. Oh. Okay, it's not... It's not in Nara. Um, So, it's... A Japanese word, Aokigara, also known as the Sea of Trees. It's a forest on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji. It has a historic reputation as home to the Yurai, ghosts of the dead. In recent years, it has become known as the Suicide Forest, one of the world's most used suicide sites. Um, So, yeah, it's – sorry, I didn't mean to make that really dark. I have just associated those things in my head, and they have no known association. So you can please keep talking about cute deer now. Okay, I'm down now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very sad. I, You're stepping in poop. You're cuddling with deer. Oh, yeah. So I'm just reading here. It says, after World War II, for some reason, the deer were officially stripped of their sacred slash divine status. Um, but they are considered national treasures, so they're protected today. Um, just like Christine Baranski, national treasures. <laughs> and there's millions of, of her in forests all around the country. <laughs> and she poops um, everywhere. <laughs> She's got quite a reputation on this podcast. Um, you went to the 
I am so sorry to anyone who is familiar with Japan or the Japanese language because I am slaughtering all of these words. They are in Mike's handwriting and not phonetically spelled. It is no different phonetically spelled. Can, if you would like me to phonetically spell, I could start doing that and see how well we do. Um, <laughs> Just for Japanese words would be great. Well, we didn't do any uh, better in, in Italy or France or anywhere either, so whatevs. That's true. You went to the Todeji Temple in Nara National Park, saw giant Buddha and rubbed Buddha's apostle statue like, what did i rub <laughs> <laughs> apparently the apostle statue uh-huh. you fed deer and walked all throughout beautiful park ate waffles with vegetable ratatouille oh how very japanese <laughs> <laughs> very japanese is right vending machine coffee train back to kicks listened to spotify and ate salad and soup congratulations okay the space in this journal is so limited and that was already like kind of an interesting day uh-huh. at a deer park and all that and i Still felt like I had to include, got vending machine coffee, listened to music, and ate soup? I mean, thank God I have those cherished memories. This journal is called A Thought a Day. This is more than A Thought a Day. This is a a very specific step-by-step process of your travels. But you know what? We ain't mad. All right. Well, we're about halfway through this Japan trip, so let's wrap it up for today. Did we hear from any listeners this week? My friend Mike. We did. Just give me one second to scroll. Uh, While Mike looks for a very specific message, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out on my birthday. Uh, I mean, thanks to Mike, who made it very clear on our social media that it was my birthday. Again, that was Cam. Very weird of him to do himself. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of very sweet messages that honestly uh, made me smile throughout the day. So thank you very much. You all are so sweet, and we appreciate you. Okay, we've got a message here from adam on instagram it says i've been catching up on episodes and i've just got to the point where cam reads the definition of hot lunch and even though it's bleeped out (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome even though it's bleeped out i'm traumatized sat with headphones on in the same room as my mom oh british fun uh with the most shocked look on my face i think what makes it worse i can hear it but she can't and i cannot bring myself to even look at her even though she hasn't heard a thing thanks guys embarrassed face um great you're welcome (laughs) uh yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I, I filmed my friend Amy um, reading the description herself to Hot Lunch, and she was in tears, laughing, crying, and screaming. It was really a sight. <laughs> Honestly, one of the foulest things, even worse than felching, see earlier this episode. Um, and then also this same person, I believe, because it looks like the same initials here, um, left a review that I think is hysterical. It's uh, titled, I had the chicken. It was fantastic. And <laughs> I remember, I don't know why we brought that up, but I remember suggesting something like that in the review. Um, or maybe you did. I have no idea, but I'm very impressed that it was actually used. So thank you, Adam, for uh, the sweet <laughs> review and the amazingly random reference. So good. All right. Well, if you want more of My Best Friends Journal, you can find us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com. You can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, even though we're feeling conflicted about social media at the moment. Uh, send us a message there. Follow us. Follow along. I'm going to start encouraging folks to just email us because... I don't know. I would love to wean myself off Instagram, and that's one way you can help me. Send us emails, and then I can focus my, you know, attention there instead of on the Insta. I wanted to make a joke about wean. It's a funny word, but no, it's fine. Um, (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Anyway, until next time, always remember... Felching. It's what's for dinner? Oh. Hamburger friend. I feel happiness when I eat a him. I don't know that these translate to great podcasting. Last thing I'll say, don't choice a wicked want funny. Okay, move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)